and welcome to I Love That For You, the podcast celebrating late bloomers and trailblazers of all walks of life. I'm Kelly. And I'm Red. Red. You have stories yes. for me, and we've saved it for the pod. We, we're not one of those people <laughs> who saves things for the pod. Like I always hear that on other podcasts, and now I'm doing it myself, and I'm like rolling my eyes. But please, put me out of my suspense. What is your update? <laughs> Tell me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my timing couldn't be worse because I'm making a lot of life decisions and potentially moving, potentially moving very far. And then I decided to go on a first date with somebody, as one does, you know, because why do that when you're about to leave and completely change your life and just, yeah. And I'll be honest, like, it was really fun. It was actually, Kelly knows I have a history of having some of the wildest first dates. It's true. I have. I for them. <laughs> I know you do. Um, I have spat fire during a date before. <laughs> That's right. Like I fire breathing. Them. Yeah. I have gone mechanical bull riding and not like these are planned things. Like these are things during the date I stumble upon and then, well, this may as well happen. Like I, and the fact that the people are kind of up for it. Oh my God. Did I tell you the story about the time when we stayed too late at the restaurant, the restaurant closed and I had to pee. So the only place that was open was a strip club. Wait, what? Yeah, and you did not tell me this. I didn't tell you this. Uh, yeah, oh, um, but does God. this surprise you at all? No, of course not. Yeah, they <laughs> let me in. They wouldn't let him in because I clearly looked like I was in pain. Like I had to go, and so they let me in. And then I got to talking to some of the dancers, and we just like hit it off, and we were like having a lovely time. And then I left, and they were all like, "Bye, Red." And I'm like, "Bye." And the guy was like, "What?" happened in there and i told him it was just like getting to know these people and he never called me again like these are the things i go through <laughs> here's the problem because i have these wild dates where i can't predict where things are going to go and usually the the guys i date are such characters yeah. you know this kelly i i've seen the screenshots <laughs> 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 and I haven't even been there. And I'm just like, how do you put up with this shit? You got to do things for the story. That's get, your new motto. Yeah. It's on my family crest. Do it for the story. <laughs> um, I can't help it though. Like, I don't know why. I'm just kind of drawn to people who have, I don't know, just stories to tell. The problem is they're typically so wild. It's no longer a date. It's more of just like a witnessing <laughs> Did you have one of those the other day? I No, and that's part of the problem I'm having at the moment because I genuinely had a great time. This guy, he was so he was so conversational, he's cute, he's successful, but he's also like creative. He's an engineer. That's how. And then right. Okay. Um but not like like there's a joke that people say that engineers don't know how to socialize. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's why they create like Instagram and, and right. Tinder. <laughs> right. And it was so pleasant. And I say pleasant because I'm so used to the wildness and the unhingedness of a lot of people I've been on dates <laughs> that's with. sad. I know. That's your that, normal. That's my normal. And so the conversation was great and so funny because also the conversation was a little all over the place, but in a fun way. I think we covered uh, talking about friends, family, and then somehow in a way ended up talking about people in trunks. Uh, that was what? me. 
Come again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank God it was you. <laughs> well, yes. And then porn, but not the way you think. <laughs> Wait, what? Rewind. Not the way um, I think. He had a relative who back in the day became a well-known porn producer. Ah. Which again, also do your thing does not bother me. But how those things come up is always so funny to me. And he ended the date at a reasonable hour just being like, it had been like three hours. So it was like 8.39. And I'm, I'm so used to marathon dates where it's just go, go, go. And these kind of Again, unhinged, but kind of weirdly passionate in a way too. And it's not to say like I didn't like him. It just was, it felt very tame. Hmm. And that might not be a bad thing. <laughs> did it end well? Like what was the- Yes. How did it um, So he coincidentally had parked behind my car. But then when we got back, he coincidentally, and there were a lot of weird coincidences that were like, I referenced this show that he was like, wait, I quote that all the time. And- um, then he was saying how he doesn't drink coffee and, you know, I don't drink coffee. And I know these are like little things, but it just was like, oh, huh. Okay. Because it's very, it's not common. Not um, at all. I was going to say like, if Sean didn't drink coffee, I would not be with him. <laughs> That's one of our great loves. <laughs> right. And then, so he was parked behind me and we both said we had a great time and he kissed me and he was a very good kisser. Hey, that's it was like, so sweet. It was like a little, like, it wasn't like a one kiss. It was like a little mini makeout. A little pack, little, like a little sampler. Yeah, I mean, it was a little oh. fringe. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, wait a minute. But like, did you get handsy? No, like that's yeah. the thing. Okay. And again, Very tame. to keep this from going into an NC rating kind of <laughs> podcast, um, that also isn't typically how some of my dates go. <laughs> yeah. But anyways... I guess I'm kind of wondering, I mean, I definitely want to go on another date, but do you think this is a good sign? Do you think this is a red flag? Again, you know me, you know my dating history, but when you met with Sean, what was different? What kind of gave you that green flag? Well, he had a lot of red in the beginning. (laughs) And we should also state that this is the wedding episode. And I should also state I'm not going to be that girl who's going to talk about her wedding in every episode because I realized I talked about it in the first one and maybe in future ones. But Well, hold on. Can we point out that it's still so recent, a life-changing event. I'm just so self-conscious of like the listener being like, okay, we get it. (laughs) You got married. I'm like, okay. Apologizing in advance. (laughs) Listeners, please don't go at Kelly. Come yell at me if you have an issue with that. Yes, yell at Red. Yellow red wasn't me. (laughs) Yeah, because honestly, whatever your stances are about weddings, it's still a big event. It's still something that is a significant change in your life and your lifestyle and things like that. Like, you know, as much as we're like, oh, it's just a piece of paper, it actually does make a big difference, especially when you have to bring families together and go and do like some kind of ceremony. I mean, some people even go to the courthouse, but even that you have to go through the legal stuff. So all you this stuff. That because we oh? still, paperwork hasn't gone through. Our officiant fucked up the paperwork oh. and they sent it back to us twice. <laughs> no. So technically here we are almost two months later and I still am not legally married. <laughs> I mean. It's okay. It's okay. If my officiant is listening, we love you. 
It's not your fault. Maybe it is. I don't care. Whoever's fault it was, it's the legal system's fault now because they sent it back to us twice. They should have just let us know everything the first time that was wrong. So here we are two months almost later. Yeah. But anyway, going back to your question of what you should do. There were so many red flags with Sean. He was previously married and I almost broke up with him. I told him this. I was rehearsing my speech the day of and for some reason he saw it coming and completely 180 and turned it around. And if he hadn't turned it around that day, I don't think we would have made it. So Hmm. that just goes to show you hanging in there even though and now there's all these things i don't know if you've seen like there's beige flags have you heard this term oh my god it's not a red flag it's not a green flag there's now beige flags which are something on a person's online persona usually a dating app profile that indicates they either haven't made the effort or have not communicated their actual personality and interests you get to the end of the profile and you know nothing about this person beyond very surface level stuff which isn't enough to get a proper vibe check from so did you get any did you have any of those going into this date? No. That's good though, right? Yeah. I mean, for him, he opened with a pun. Which is the way to your heart. That is my love language. So I already like him. So that is my answer to your question. He's Switzerland. He's Switzerland, baby. Usually you're with one of the God, polar they've... opposite countries. <laughs> right? I I'm used to like a war zone or, yeah. or... <laughs> like some kind of weird dictatorship. Exactly. Emphasis on dick um (laughs) but this is a neutral switzerland with puns and good kissing i think we stick it out we let him know where you're going your future plans as long as he's aware of what this is that's the thing he's known the whole time okay good so there's no i've been very communicative about this i've been clear from the get-go perfect so good great and what was funny was he's like oh he kept saying my life is chaos and i'm like Oh, you have no idea, buddy. <laughs> game recognized game. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, that's even makes me like him even more. Guy, like, how many times do I say that where it's just like, well, this is it my life is. now, so wee! <laughs> Your life is very chaotic. You probably have the most chaotic life of anyone I know, in a good way. <laughs> Thank you. Like, that's the thing. It's not like chaotic in a bad way. It's more no. of just, you're doing what now? Okay. Yeah. This is a new adventure. Okay. You're just. Yeah, um, which is exciting. Like you have right, a but, full of possibilities. Yes, but like there's one adventure that you've had that I haven't, and I find that's exciting. Like your wedding. I mean, getting back Good to transition. the subject. Look Thank you, you. Mm-hmm. Captain Transition. Oh, actually, it's <laughs> Lieutenant. Thank you. Oh, sorry, um. Lieutenant Transition over here. Okay, I see. I see you handing me the ball. I will take you on that offer. I have a cool way to maybe make it not all about me. Found this uh, wedding industry stats um, 2023. It's a global oh. wedding report from The Knot. They just came out with this on June 2nd. And I figured I could play a little game with you. So I'll say something. You tell me what you think the answer is. So what do you think the average from engagement to wedding for U.S., what is the average wedding planning timeline? One year. 15 to 16 months. 10 in Latin American countries and 5 to 6 in India. Crazy. 5 to 6 months? That's crazy. It was 16 for me. I got engaged Christmas 2021 and married April 2023. Aren't Indian weddings typically very elaborate and very large? How do yes. they do that in five to six months if that's the average? Well, I'll jump around since we brought that up. What is the average guest count for the U.S.? And then 
What do you think has the highest guest count? <laughs> and what is that guest count? I mean, I'm saying Indian yeah. wedding is the biggest guest count. And what do yes? you think their average is? Oh, God. I'm going to say, well, okay, going back, I'm going to say U.S. 100 to 150? 117. Yep. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. That's right. And I mean, the average cost, they also have that next to it. So ooh, based off of that uh, 117, what, is, what do you think the average cost for the U.S. is? And then we'll go to India. I mean, I'm going to say like 50K. 30. But Thank I'll God. tell you right now, mine was higher than that, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Which I think it's not in the cards originally. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm saying 50 because I keep hearing it being compared to like student loans and things like that. Yes, and I'm like, ma'am. Still yeah. paying it off. <laughs> right. For a long time. <laughs> right. And I mean, depending on the school and everything, I'm like, I'm sure there's some people who are yelling at me being like, 50 is nothing. And then other people are like, you paid 50? And then for India, I'm thinking India is the most, is the highest. And God, they've got to have. I'm going to say 300. 285. You're really good at this game. I'm very proud of myself because considering the amount of weddings I've been in and also attended, I'm getting this through osmosis. Red, can you just let the listeners know? So I have one more and this will be my seventh or eighth time being in a bridal party. Yeah. That's all the money that goes along with it, all the responsibilities Uh and none of the Uh glory. Uh-huh. It's just not worth it. So Always thank you for doing me. that for me. <laughs> yeah. Last minute too, which was uh, really smart of me and nice of me. Sorry. Well, we had... <laughs> no, I mean, hey, that I kept asking, are you sure? Because <laughs> no, I want to do there. I need to do there. Oh, well, I mean, I was going to be there. I just wasn't going to be but, in but, the. No, you needed to be there. The we had go. such a good time at your bachelorette and like. Oh, the bachelorette. New Orleans that was, people, get yourself to New Orleans right before I, Mardi Gras. Oh yeah, the story we have to tell the story. Oh, uh, another example of my wildness of just yes. like you made the bachelorette with your with of course you <laughs> of course you did. Why wouldn't you? We I gave you a challenge and you delivered. Well, please tell. You can't give me a challenge like this. Um, so because I was one of the few single people at. Kelly's bachelorette in New Orleans, she decided that it would be my responsibility to make out with at least one person during one of the nights. What street were we on? Frenchman. Frenchman. So we were at, I think we went to Maison first for dinner and then the Spotted Cat, which was, ugh, guys, if you're in New Orleans or going, you gotta go. It's just. And shout out to both those places because we had such a great time and the music was incredible and just. We ran into one of the biggest bachelor parties I've ever seen in my life. And we uh, asked, and he, we asked one of the guys with the groom, and he was like, we were like, how do you know this many people? Or how does he know this many people? And the guy was like, oh, he doesn't. These are all like acquaintances, just to make it look like we roll deep. <laughs> like most of them weren't really close friends with him. I mean, job like well done. of them. There was like, I think they said two dozen, so like 24. That's insane. I don't even have that many friends. Like, and they all had matching shirts, which was also another coordination that just was beyond me. Yeah, because we didn't even do that. Like, no. We did our basic bitch, like, we wore black one day, but I was like, um, wear, wear whatever you want. Excuse me. <laughs> you. Not you, though, which leads into the story. What were you wearing this night, Red? Please delight the audience. Well, because... 
Kelly had also told me before we went on this trip that it's kind of like mourning her end of her singleness. All right. And love you, Sean. Don't get, of course, of course, like, sorry, Sean. (laughs) But you can't tell me something like that and not expect me to make some kind of joke out of it. So I wore a very dramatic lacy black dress that had, I also paired it with a headband that had a veil, a black veil. And I kept pretending to cry at various points on the streets of New Orleans and just like, oh, weeping, could, weeping. Dear friends, loss of singledom. <laughs> it was tragic. So I'm wearing this getup because why not? And we go to the alley cat and unfortunately it was kind of winding down. We had had our drinks, we had danced, but like the music was fantastic. But I hadn't completed my assignment. So obviously something needed to be done. The, or- the Ubers were ordered. Kelly had already left. The thing was, though, I needed to get this done. So I looked across the bar and I locked eyes with a guy who was pretty cute. You see, like, there was something about him that just seemed like, okay, he does not seem like he's going to, I don't know, murder me. Um... <laughs> He just seemed like, I don't know, and it's hard to, like, exactly explain why. It probably was a few shots that convinced me of this. Um, So I just quickly made my way over to him and just went, Hi, this is going to be a very odd request, but I am the only single person, which isn't true, but I, you know. So I'm the only single person in The Bachelorette, and I need to make out with someone tonight. Will you help me? And his response was, hell yeah. Uh, (laughs) However, I knew I could not do this if there were no witnesses. Because I can't just claim to do that and then nobody saw it. So then, oh, did this even happen? Like, you know, it's it's the same thing as like, you know, picture didn't happen. Someone needed to witness me making out with a stranger. So logically, my next step was to quickly turn and yell across the bar to one of the other girls, Hey, Brie! Have no idea how I was heard over all the other noise that was going on. I must have bellowed this or something because not only did she turn around, but the other two girls at different parts in the bar turned around (laughs) and a few other people. And I just went, Watch this! Turned back to the guy who was basically like, lay it on me. And that's when I realized uh, I have a kink. I didn't know that I had this, but it was unlocked because he went to lean in to kiss me, but he lifted the veil to reach me. And it was just like, oh, now that's a move I haven't seen before. But so I mean, listen, you can you can still do this. I highly encourage the the veil move. Like All right, I'll go get one now. I still have my one from the batch. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's on the same level up. as like the Spider-Man kiss where he like you lower the mask. It's oh, kind of yeah. like lifting the mask but for like a veil. I wasn't upside down so it wasn't the full experience, but you know what Farm. I mean. So, right? That would have that would not have been good on that amount of drinks. But anyways. <laughs> so he kissed me. Again, some guys know how to kiss, and he was a decent kisser. And 
he pulled back and he was like, wow, like, what a weird coincidence that of all the people, like, to run into, like, I'm just visiting from Boston and I'm in New Orleans and I'm the only single guy at my bachelor party. And I went, what? Because as the listeners may know, I also was visiting from Boston. So crazy. So, and yeah, so we exchanged numbers and we had a few dates. It didn't work out. He's a very nice guy, but he had a lot of things to figure out, that sort of thing. And again, I am just, yeah, (laughs) and I'm just absolute chaos. So, um, (laughs) still like the story. I know. And everyone was like, this is your husband now. And I was like, that's not how this works. I mean, that would have been awesome. But yes, because weddings, if that, if that literally was like, that's my husband, what a great story. But also that's not how marriage works. No. Um, God, no. I mean, that story plus me peeing off the side of the boat in the bayou in the freezing cold rain, that like, made the weekend. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. So listeners, in case you ever go on a airboat tour in New Orleans, let me let you know, don't do it when it's pouring rain out. And also make sure the bride goes to the bathroom. <laughs> because there's not a place on the bayou to just stop in and take a piss. My favorite um, thing was the guy was like, let me guess, you gotta pee? Happens all the time. Because right. everyone's always drunk on these boat tours. He was fantastic. I don't know how you balanced yourself, because she's literally just off the side. Literally. Our Terrifying. tour guide was amazing. I mean, he he kissed an alligator. He kissed um, an alligator. Yeah. He made friends with raccoons. Or whatever that was. He didn't yeah. kiss the raccoon. Oh, he just like, it was like a Disney creature, like... <laughs> he kept just like came out <laughs> right well that's the power of marshmallows um apparently yeah, fair because he just kept feeding both of them marshmallows but I, we digress so th- thank you for making my batch <laughs> yeah and we went way I- off from the original game <laughs> oh right so Whoops. that was where this was so anyway back to the game we have lots of things what do you think is the number one way how couples are m- most likely to first meet of all the ways um, you can meet someone, what do you think? Nowadays? Wait, is it like a top three or is it like just one? Um, no, this is just like the category it's in. I'm going to say, I'm hoping, apps? Yes, correct, online. <sighs> Thank 32% God, there's still hope. of the U.S. meets online. It's interesting. Uh, you'll see the breakdown of other countries. So Italy tops the friends in common category. So that was Italy, 33%. Um, Peru tops the met at work category, 33%. We top, we tie, sorry, with Canada online, 32%. And India arranged marriage, 40%. So you're on the right track. There is hope. It's crazy that Sean and I met IRL. We met at a run club. So I found that very, uh, I thought it would be online as well. Cause I was on I was on that scene for a minute, but uh, yeah, no no luck on there. So you're doing yep. better than me, Red. <laughs> uh, you're the one who's married. Okay, but still, <laughs> I didn't expect that. It's always when you least expect it. <laughs> I know. I'm making I know. that noise. I just gagged at that sentence as well. So you, as a semi-professional bridesmaid and wedding attendee, what is the most popular month to wed in the U.S.? Oh, um, I'm going to say it's popular, but it's more expensive. Like June? I thought so too. It's actually October. Oh. 
20%. Okay. And Canada is in August with 20% and Mexico's November 18%. I see a lot of Novembers and Decembers in the Latin American countries. <laughs> My month didn't show up in any of these countries. I was in late April in a chilly beachside wedding in Carpinteria, California, and I wouldn't change a thing because the early pictures look great. I still haven't gotten oh. the official final ones yet, but the, the the sun being covered by the clouds, it was A+. plus. I highly recommend doing it in a chilly beachside wedding. <laughs> well, I will say my parents also got married in April. So, oh, did they? I, yeah, I think that's a good time. I liked it. It was right before my birthday, so it's like a back-to-back, so we can't forget our anniversary. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so double trouble uh, if he forgets both. Exactly. So reception locations. Think of all the places you've been. What is? What are the top two most popular reception like locations? Think of all like the venue receptions you've been at. What would you? I would say like a ballroom, like a hotel or something where it has that. A banquet or, hall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's or, one. Well, it's tied. Number, it's with 20%. And then one more. Like a country club? A barn. Oh, I shoot. Interesting. But I guess it I actually sense. haven't, I haven't had a lot of barn weddings, weirdly. Yeah, I, I feel, oh, wait. Mm, I went to one on a farm. Does that count? Yeah, duh. Was it in the barn? <laughs> I it mean, it was adjacent. I'd say it was rustic. Rustic. Okay. Tea. Maybe they yeah. should say rustic as opposed to yeah, barn because right? some people have that kind of vibe. It's like that aesthetic, but it's not inside a barn. Yeah. It was a lovely, lovely wedding. I'm very jealous of Europe because a lot of the top reception <sighs> locations are villas. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say castle. Uh, well, that that would be a dream, but no. I mean, it's, uh... <laughs> to quote Eddie Izzard, they're up to here with fucking castles. Um, <laughs> What about the top five vendor categories hired? So not oh, including like, like the venue, but like think of like all the types of vendors you can hire and. All right. Like, yeah. What do you think of the top okay. five for you? Uh, I'm going in totally cocky. Um, a yeah. florist. A. Wrong. What? Not for the U.S. The U.S. They don't have like florists for That's the flowers. Not, I mean, I'm sure they do, but for the top five in this one study. Oh. Okay. It wasn't okay. Florist didn't make it on there. Alright, alright. Well I'm gonna keep that as one of my guesses, so rude. Florist. Um makeup and hair? It wasn't on there, but should be. What? I feel like it, it should was be. On, it was on other ones, but not US. But they are, yes, they are on other ones. Okay. Um, You're getting Canada right. Oh. Well that's why. <laughs> that's clearly yeah. what it is. You're getting a lot of Canada's right. <laughs> um a I can't tell if it be a Baker, like for the cake or caterer? Yeah, cake. Cake is okay. 79%. It's number five. Okay. And then, uh, oh, wedding planner. No. What? No wedding planner. And I didn't have one either. I mean. I was my own wedding planner. I don't recommend it. Come <laughs> me to tell okay. you. <laughs> yeah. So number one's dress, which is Oh, 93%. that's a vendor? I know, I know. It's, it's that a little shouldn't count. Oh. And I, ladies and gentlemen, had two, not by choice, because I don't know if I should even get into this story, but one of my ladies told me I should get it, and I regretted it immediately, and then I went back the same day, hours later, tears in the eyes, and those motherfuckers wouldn't take the dress back. So, 
ended up getting two dresses and it all worked out. I wore two and it was lovely and made sense, but I spent double the budget I wanted on my dress. <laughs> wow. So I'm dress sorry. is number one. I mean, they both no, look lovely. I'll give you that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I know that wasn't yeah. your plan and I'm sorry about that, but you look beautiful as well. Oh, thank you. It worked out. Uh, dress is number one at 93%. Uh, photographer, number two. Oh, shit. 88%. <laughs> the groom's attire. Number three at 87%. The caterer at number four at 86%. And the cake at number five at 79%. Wait, what was the cake story? Oh, four was caterer. Oh, okay. That's just a little taste of some averages from the knot.com. You can look online to see that. I was doing so well. And then those vendors. But you know what? How poetic, because I feel like the vendors always kind of mess you up, huh? They really <laughs> Getting do. The, their, their price tags do. <laughs> but before we transition into our, our person that we're highlighting today, just wanted to throw out some cool things we did just for those who are interested. So for our photo booth, we hired a dear friend of ours who's a creative director, and we made a collage cutout of all of our friends and family in the background instead of a traditional photo booth, which was awesome, I thought, because people could see themselves, take a picture next to themselves. So that was very cool. I got a lot of compliments on that one. For the first dance, you know, we did a choreographed dance to Tacos, Enchiladas, and Beans by Doris Day, which was a lot of fun to do those dance lessons, even though Sean hated every minute of it. So thank you, Sean, for dealing with that. I mean, <laughs> he, he looked like he was enjoying himself. He the did the day, day of. of, but that was the number one thing he told me after that he was most nervous about. Um, but my Aww. thing I was most nervous about was the parent dance. So my dad's an awkward dancer. I'm an awkward dancer. I always find the parent dances a little awkward. So I was like, how can we like make this meaningful and unique to us and combine them? So what we ended up doing is performing. I performed with my dad, the best man. We performed going to California to Sean and his mom. And then we cut out a little early and then finished, you know, we, we danced for 30 seconds together. So we combined our dances um, and I got to sing and my dad got to play guitar and the best man did. And I was most nervous about that, but his mom loved it. I heard so it was all worth it because I guess they didn't get to dance together at his first wedding. So it was a lovely, special moment for the two of them so that's what I did for that and then the one thing that killed me but I'm so glad I did it was the the themed favors for each my table, god which killed me I can I was see too why deep. <laughs> so but it was every spot every table was a specific place that was special to us so we commissioned our art friend to make a seating chart uh, of Southern California with all of our special spots so Disneyland and the Hollywood Bowl and Ventura those types of places so each table had also a QR code with a video and or picture of us at that place but the thing that killed me was the fucking themed table and and you said at Disneyland and that was apparently the, the hot ticket because you oh, had... it was <laughs> those oh. ears were making their way around <laughs> every person at like I'm surprised there wasn't like a lace outbreak after this wedding or something <laughs> because every single person they were trying to get their hands on these ears like I don't have my ears someone <laughs> has them you could like see us at the table all wearing them because a couple of people like insisted we wear them during the speeches and everything which will be great for those photos and <laughs> but also like they just you could see like uh, and people were just like that was like the envious thing. but there was such thought to every table and all the different things Thank I was kind of like 
leave my ears alone and focus on the <laughs> thought that went into your table. It was, yeah, literally. Like, yeah. everything was like, so leave my ears painstaking alone, and we thought of and it almost killed me and Sean and shout out to my mom who wanted to help somehow because she was across the country. So she helps out as well. And um, that, yeah, that almost killed me. So like the Palm Springs table had a Let's Flamingo bag. And there was the tiki table. Tonga Hut had a tiki mug. So yeah, very specific to each place. And um, I'm glad I did it. But man, it killed me. Like I talk about how chaotic I am. No wonder we're friends. Like these different <laughs> friend groups you have of just like, Disney and then a tiki place and then a run club who also yeah. they were wild like there was so they shout out kicked out of the hotel <laughs> yeah we think, oh I heard the, the cops got called twice and I'm very proud that we brought some action <laughs> to an otherwise very sleepy beachside town I was so proud of them <laughs> I mean I didn't get to see the cops or if they were cute yeah. or anything like that so I was a little annoyed <laughs> but it's fine it's fine it was worth it to hear that everybody had the best time. And um, I forgot to mention one other cool thing that happened at the wedding ceremony was um, Sean and I got down on one knee to give the rings to each other, which I thought was very special because he knew I was mad at him for not doing it for the engagement. <laughs> so it came full circle and it was a very sweet moment that kind of made the ceremony special. Oh, and then can we talk about the song I walked away to? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say too, also, nobody was expecting Kelly to go down on one knee. I wasn't um, either. She I was that dress in this was gonna beautiful, rip. right, this beautiful form-fitted, like, Hollywood old school style dress, stunning. And then she just drops to her knee. Drop down into a knee. I think <laughs> there might be a reaction photo of all of us going like, oh. <laughs> I hope so. I hope we yeah. get those pictures soon. Because we were like, did she fall? Like, because yeah. we just dropped. And this was like, all right, we're doing it. <laughs> so great. It was it was everything. And then shout out to the pretty flowers who played me down the aisle as well. Oh, but wait, we walked away to Curb Your Enthusiasm, the theme song. Yep. Because <laughs> marriage is a circus. <laughs> so, so good. that was a little roundup of some fun wedding things. I also had a picture game, but if you weren't from LA or Southern California, then you probably wouldn't have known the places, but it was cool yeah. for those. Oh, and also I loved your, which is something that's, I'm going to say you started the trend, but leaving voicemails, like there was this cool little phone, after like the a tone. rotary. Yeah. Shout out to After the Tone. I loved those voicemails. Yours was amazing. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Kelly. Sean, you didn't pick up. What's going on? I'm here at your wedding, and we're having a fabulous time, and yet, you leave me stranded. Um, this next number we're supposed to dance to, and I can't find you. Darlings, you have to call me. <laughs> and just, like, the diminishing returns as the voicemails, like, get later into the time code. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who will not be named burped into it. <clears throat> yep. You know who you are. No, but it was amazing. So shout out to them. I, I highly I'm definitely going to steal that idea. And please, yeah. other people, steal the idea, but uh, tag us and tag give us. Kelly credit for the tag ideas. Tag a bitch. Tag a bitch. We'll give you the socials at the end. So literally, tag us. We want to see your weddings. We want to see. Because again, we know how stressful weddings can be. Granted, I've just been in them, but never the bride. Kelly's <sighs> been the bride. and Never again. Can, both of us can tell you how stressful it is. So sometimes Don't you might it. think like to want to be involved even in this industry is crazy. Segway, lady. Dun, dun, dun. Lieutenant is here. <laughs> we're going to make it brief, but we're going to make it sweet. I wish that I could have worn her, but I can't afford her. You, you know her. You love her. 
It's Vera Wang. She's one of the most iconic wedding dress designers in the world. But did you know this icon of all icons did not even get started in that whole thing until she was 40? I didn't. She's a late bloomer, technically. But she also, in an interview with Harvard Business, was like, wait, is 40 old? <laughs> Which, she okay, said thank She God. wasn't even sure that she should be doing it at 40. Because it wasn't the era, like, for startup. So here's yes. Vera's early Since we're first name basis, you know, Vera. Yeah, we're, 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 we're BFFs. Give me a dress. Okay, so <laughs> Vera Ellen Wang was born June 27, 1949, in New York City. And her parents are both immigrants from China, and they came over here in the mid-1940s. And her mom was a translator for the UN. Her father owned a medicine company. Uh, no big has, deal. Jeez. No big deal. So oh. early life, she graduated in 1967 from the elite all-girls independent day school in Manhattan, the Chapman School. I hope that's how you pronounce it. After that, she attended Sarah Lawrence. I'm not fancy Lawrence. enough to know how you pronounce that. I know. It's like, how do you pronounce that? I can't correct you. Like, it could be like Chopin. It's pronounced Champagne. Champagne School. <laughs> she attended Sarah Lawrence College in Westchester. In, in college, she pursued a degree in art history, and she did a semester abroad at the University of Paris in her sophomore year. So you can definitely like see like the influence of her background in art history and her time mm -hmm. spent in Paris and her designs, I feel like. So that's very informing to what we would later know as Vera Wang. But a little known fact, she is a talented figure skater. Wait, began really? Practicing. Yeah, she's like very, very accomplished. She began practicing when she was eight. And she actually competed in the U.S. Figure Skating Championships in 1968 and then was featured in an issue of Sports Illustrated that same year. Wait, what? what? How did I not Isn't know that? Isn't that crazy? Like, she may have never entered the fashion industry had she qualified for the U.S. Olympics. She did not end up qualifying for the oh. Olympics. But she's still, to this day, an active figure skater and watcher of the sport. And I think, like... You know, the ornate figure skating costumes inspired her transition from sports to fashion. So oh, I can this see was that. All very, yeah, definitely. So that was fascinating. She, so she's already super impressive. So upon her graduation from college in 71, though, she shelved her skating career and then she began working for Vogue. Ever heard of it? <laughs> Within a year, at the age of 23, she was promoted to senior fashion editor. So she was the youngest editor at the time. Crazy. How old was she again? 23. 20. Okay, that's young. That's insane. Good for her. Overachiever. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, would you expect anything less? If it's Vera. <laughs> right. So she held that title for the next 15 years, which is 15 years in a job. I could never. What is <laughs> I that? I can't. What's that like? What is, what's that like? That's just not a thing I could fathom. And then she, in 87, left Vogue to take a job as a design director for accessories at Ralph Lauren. Ever heard of that? <laughs> Uh -huh. So she did that in 89. So this is two years after she started at Ralph Lauren. She wed her longtime boyfriend, Arthur Becker. But here's where we see things coming together in, in this terms of the bridal of it all. So she was frustrated with the slim selection of existing bridal wear. So she ended up sketching her own design. And she commissioned a dressmaker to tailor this elaborate gown for like $10,000. and. Mind you, she had no traditional background in this. She just didn't see what she wanted, so she created it, which is inspiring. Yeah. The following year in 90, with a little financial backing from her father, she, she just opened up her own bridal boutique in the Carlisle Hotel on Madison Avenue. Ever heard of it? In New York City. So this is in 90. 
and she's 40 years old. She just honed her skills over the next year, a few years as a fashion designer. And then, you know, eventually launched a signature collection of, you know, the streamlined, sophisticated bridal wear we know today. She's made dresses for like Chelsea Clinton, Alicia Keys, Victoria Beckham, the Kardashians. And also she's made figure skating costumes for Nancy Kerrigan, Michelle Kwan. Ever heard of them? Oh my God. Like everything's coming together. (laughs) She also designed Philadelphia Eagles cheerleading uniforms, apparently, which I found adorable. Um, Quick side thing. (laughs) She's also a reference in a popular TikTok audio from Medea. Who are you? Who are you? I'm the owner of this house. Wrong answer. My granddaughter Helen is the owner of this house. Ain't got no power or no deed. Did you do this? This is Vera Wang. Who that is? She do nails? I need to get my nails done. That's how much of an icon she is, where like people are referencing her with such reverence. That's amazing. Uh, like people are joking uh, about how the joke is, like, how does this character not know who Bear Wang is? Like everyone yeah, knows. Everybody knows. And and we may have not. She just saw a lack of something in the market, didn't didn't have any traditional training in it, but just went after it. And it's so inspiring at age 40, which we still I mean, she didn't think it was old. I don't think is old, but she did it. And and also I love that. This, this inspiring quote she has, speaking of the figure skating, what lessons did you take from that sport into your career? It teaches you discipline. It gives you the joy of self-expression. There's speed, there's movement. And when you fall down, you pick yourself up and you try again. It's a good metaphor for life. So Vera Wang, I love that for you. <laughs> I love you, Vera Wang. One little fun side fact. Uh, I do have a pair of Vera Wang shoes that I somehow found like thrifting or something like that because there's no way I could afford Vera Wang shoes like on my own. But uh, and they oh, they've seen better days because I wore those with such pride that I would have Vera Wang shoes. Uh, uh, I want to see these. You're going to have to show me. Yeah, yeah, they've seen better days. So, like, they've lasted for a very long time. I'll send you a photo. We can post it of just like me and my cousin about to go out on the town, and me so proud wearing my Vera Wang shoes. Oh, as you should be. And like, I'm glad she kept going because she also said in this Harvard Business Review that when she left Ralph Lauren to do this, you know, after the wedding, her wedding inspired her to make her own. She she went out on her own. A lot of doors that had been open to her at Ralph Lauren were slammed shut. And so whether it was like a fabric manufacturer or like a party she wanted to go to to network, she was now so small. But, you know, her DNA was to find something she felt passionate about, make a difference and to work and pick herself back up. And I mean, like figure skating. So that's what she did. And that's why we have her. And I'm glad she didn't give up. And I'm glad she, you know, maybe a late bloomer. But the fact that I'm just jealous of these shoes that you say are not expensive (laughs) shows you what an icon she is and also like i know sometimes you're here like oh she you know came from this upbringing that was you know more well off than others but like let's also point out like her parents were not involved in the fashion industry and also we kind of he was just a businessman but he saw you know the bridal you know it had lower inventory and few fabrics but people always want to get married Steady right stream of customers but also oh. too like for a woman like first off a woman second off a woman who's asian like there are doors that are not as easily accessible for Absolutely. either of those people and to see like that success and again a asian american woman who is 40 creating 
just a dynasty like at this point now with no dress designing experience right that's incredible oh my god i love that for you vera i love it <laughs> which again vera we could call her vera because she's our friend because we she's our friend so much. yeah even though she didn't give me a dress but it's okay. she hasn't called me back ever <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening to our jam-packed wedding episode um so much and you... we have still yeah. so much more to say say it on future episodes or else we just keep you here for a week yes <laughs> I mean, unless you want to spend a week with us, which just is fine. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do a I love that free pod retreat. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. We used to do that actually. Well, we need to get an audience again. <laughs> if you like what you hear and you want to send in questions, comments, ideas, our email is I love that free pod at gmail.com. And our Instagram is I love that for you pod. Anything else, Ryan? No, just I love you guys. And we love all of this for Vera, but we also love all the things you guys are doing. And please let us know some of the things that you're up to so that we can say we love that for you. Love that for you. See you. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you for joining us on I Love That For You. Our theme song is by Vaudeville and used with permission. Our cover art is by Jenny Lamb, edited to the best of our abilities by Kelly and Red. If you want us to spotlight someone, have questions, or just want to say hi, email us at ilovethatforyoupod at gmail.com or join us on Instagram at ilovethatforyoupod to join the love fest and see what else we get up to. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever else you listen. We appreciate all your love, and if you want to help support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. This helps us spread the love and reach more people. Thanks for listening. We love you.